Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Fresh off some bear claws and bursi, and uh, with me on the line is uh, my boss, the online editor of RacerX Online, Jason Wygant. Yes, and as the online editor, I would like to take this opportunity to introduce the newest RacerX employee, although not in a heavy-duty enough fashion where we would actually be like paying his way to the races, but we'll be glad to take advantage of him when he's there. Jason Thomas, everyone, now officially working for RacerX in official capacity, starting today. What's up, JT? That's me. That's me. I am, uh, I'm on board. I feel like I've been on board for a long time, but now it's a little bit more official, I guess. What, uh, is he just editor-at-large? Why again? Is that his title? Uh, I mean, honestly, isn't that the title that really just fits you best? I mean, is that right? To... <laughs> I was going to say, I kind of want that title. I, I feel like it's... <laughs> Yeah. I feel like it's mine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've come up with one yet. It's a, it's a good point. Well, but um, yeah. once again, doing a lot of work for us for free for a long time and seeming like you work for us without getting paid is always what makes it happen. Yeah. it's uh, Welcome to the club, JT. That's right. Very yeah, exciting. We've have all you. been there. We've all. Why, That's right. Like, like you have told me many times, Steve, same as my payment. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> JT, your my belly is full of bear claws and baguettes. Your belly is full of schnitzels and beer. You just raced in Stuttgart. Was it Stuttgart? Yep, it was Stuttgart, Germany. Um, this is your uh, German Supercross Series kicked off. Um, I guess let's cover that first before we go to Bercy. And you and I were texting while I was in France. You're in Germany, texting each other, and uh, looks like the old man. Isn't quite ready to hang him up yet with a solid third on the first night. Yeah, it was all right. I was actually kind of pumped that I wasn't the oldest guy there because Colin Dugmore raced, and he's like, oh, come on. Literally no, like he did. 45 years old. No, he did. I swear did. he did. He's got, yeah, he did. He's got to be 50. No, I think he's 45. But, uh, yeah, Doug- he, he came out of retirement race, so. Colin Dugmore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> So, okay. All right. But yeah, it went well. Uh, I was really unsure of how it was going to go because I've been sitting behind a desk more than I've been sitting behind handlebars lately. So, all right. Fly uh, Racing USA. Really surprised at how I was riding. Fly Racing USA export sales manager. Is that what we? Uh, yeah, like international sales manager. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, same, same yeah. difference. Okay. Um, but you got beat by a couple of two strokes, bro. I did. Yeah, they were good, man. I, I'm pretty sure they have 300 kits in them, which is not an excuse, but. Right. They hole shot it every time, and uh, I don't know. They, they're they're both really good riders to start with, but man, it was crazy how how good they were on the starts. And then uh, that that track is like notorious for 
being like Play-Doh. Like you literally have zero wheel spin at all times. Yep. And uh, man, they were they were they were good. I, it'll be interesting to see how they are at the next one because it's a lot more slippery. Right. I think they'll probably be struggling a little bit more, but you, you yeah. Third the first third the first night, eighth the second night. I did. Yeah, I got uh got hung up with Bowers a little bit the second night and lost some spots. Who are some so of the could have been a little better, but who are the guys that are racing there for fans who are listening that don't don't know? Uh, they were like thirteen or fourteen Americans, uh, like Lemay, Bowers, myself. Teddy Mayer, Jeff Alessi, um, DJ Larson, Tyler Medaglia. Canadian. Uh, Canadian. Yep. Um, what about Meathead? Meathead was there? Meathead, yeah. Bobby Canary, um, Daniel Blair. So I've, and then, the, you know, you have all these Americans that could fill out the main event, you know, one and a half times over or whatever, and then you add on top of that all of Europe's, you know, yeah. top international sex riders. So it was... Uh, Looking at the starting list before the race, it was pretty intimidating. You're kind of like, man, where do I fit yeah. in on this list? You know, it's kind of crazy. So, and I saw you—you uh, you ran number twenty-seven, which had to make a certain I, mutual friend of ours pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, I was twenty-seven last year too, so got to uh, got to keep it, which I was does, pretty pumped about. Does, does he know that? He did last year. I, I don't know if I told him this year or not, but because you know how you know, when you text him something like that, you just get a one-word answer, like, "Yep." Or you would or something, you know what I mean? Like, no, I know. No, like you don't know, conversating about it. You don't know how he's going to be. It could be a F yeah or F you. Uh, yeah, it could be like, oh, you ain't good enough to run that number. Right. Or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's no telling, so I just try to avoid it. Right, exactly. Uh, and then, hey, you said those are the top. Uh, can you just explain? Um, you said they're the top Euro, you know, Supercross guys. And then people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Caroli and Hurlings weren't racing. So just explain how different it is, because I don't even know. Like, I've never even heard of some of those guys, but apparently they're pretty good. So it's a totally different. Yeah, those are like the, the pretty much year in, year out. Those are kind of, they're not the best riders Europe has to offer as a whole, but when you look at it, you know, the guys you're talking about, Hurlings, Cairoli, um, DeSalle, DeDiker, all your, you know, standout GP guys, they don't race Supercross, whether... You know, I'm sure they could learn how to, and they could learn to be successful at it, but they choose not to. Um, so then you get into these guys that they really make a living only racing Supercross. Uh, France has their own Supercross season that goes on during the summer. Yeah, this is a so whole, they can race that this, all summer. This is a whole underground um, series that a guy like Fabian Iswa makes a living at. Exactly, yep. Iswar, Subaris. A lot of the French guys that were at Bercy, and then a lot of them uh, French guys don't go to Bercy. They'll come and race the German series. So between the European Supercross, there's like a European Supercross um, series that, that kind of hit and miss year in and year out. Then the French Championship, the German Championship, England's having a championship this year. So, yeah, those guys, they, they really could care less about outdoors, to be honest with you. They they can make money racing Supercross over there. German series has been going on for how long? I mean, mid '80s. Uh, right? That was the thirtieth. That was the thirtieth Stuttgart. Yeah. It was like the anniversary, thirtieth right. anniversary. Same as same as Bercy. Bercy was thirty years when I was there. Um, yeah. And um, some of the past champions have been. Uh, I think didn't Roxon win back in the day? No, Roxon. Roxon only raced one race. He raced Dortmund one time. That's it. Oh, I thought he won the lights ch- title way back, like when he's fourteen or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think he ever rode all of them. Uh, anyways, uh, and then so. Wherever Vince Freeze goes, goes controversy. What do we got? Yeah, that's what, true. What do we got? I love how Vince Freeze, I like Vince. I talk to Vince. He's a nice guy. He always doesn't know why anyone 
says these things about him. Has no clue why this happens to him repeatedly. Apparently, people just love to punch him. They love to punch him for no reason. <laughs> but what what happened? Well, it was in my practice that I was in, and uh, I, I did notice him doing it to everyone, including me. Uh, he kind of got a good time in, and then he was pretty much riding in the good line and kind of trying to keep everyone from getting a good time. Really. And, and I've seen other riders do it. I'm not going to name names. I've seen them in Europe. They do it a lot. Because the track's so small, you can really interfere with people really, really this is, easily. This is intentional. You ride in a, you get a good time, and you, yeah. ride, you ride slow in the good line. Yeah. It's not like you have to really make a huge effort. You can just kind of cruise in the main line, and you're just you're in the way. There's right. no other way to get around it. The track's only 26 seconds long. So if you're not going full speed in the race line, you're in the way. And it happens all the time. Certain guys do it, and Ben Freeze was doing it, and um, he got into a little bit of a a tussle with Michael Lieb over it because he was doing it pretty bad to Michael Lieb, and he was doing it on purpose and even said he was doing it on purpose to Lieb because, you know, they've had a history with that whole deal, uh, Glenn Helen. And then, so they were getting into it, and then P.J. Larson kind of got into it because he did it to P.J. too, and P.J. and Michael Lieb really tied in and just kind of escalated from there. And uh, I think Freeze ended up kicking someone, and I don't know. He got put, he got put on probation, and I don't know. It was just chaos. It's pretty standard if you're around him enough and just kind of seems to follow him. He doesn't know why this happens. He doesn't know. I don't know either, man. I, honestly, I'm, I'm the same as you. Like, if I talk to him, and I really don't even talk to him much anymore because we've gotten into it so much, but right. if I did talk to him before, he would be completely normal, and then you get into the races with him, and you just can't understand what's going on. Like, it's like a different person. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't Why can't? Did you do that interview with him or did Chase? That was Chase, yeah. He said in the interview to them last week, he said, I think people are just bored and they just need somebody to say stuff about. And for some reason, it's me. That's it. That's it. There's absolutely zero evidence at all. It's just people are bored. And for some reason, for no reason, they just picked him randomly. All the riders. Again and again. Everyone in Pro License, Europe, America, got together, had a meeting behind the scenes, and said, this is the guy. Hey, everybody, pull it in. Pull it in. Hey, he's not around. Get down on the knee. Okay. All right. Let's, Let's talk. Right? This is this is. This hey, is what... the, the funniest part is this kid worked for us as a mechanic like two years ago, and I, I didn't really know the guy very well. I know him well now, but at the time, something happened with me and Vince Freeze, and he's like, "Oh man, that kid put me in the hospital when we were at a pit bike race like five years ago." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, awesome! Like I just lost it. Um. Well, yeah. So I, I heard he got canary. That was something that I saw. Yeah, he he jacked Baba pretty good. What happened uh, to Meat, Meathead over there? Never never made the main either night. Yeah, he was uh just had a rough weekend, man. I don't know. And once you and once you kinda of don't make the main, I mean it, it hurts your title chances for sure, right? I mean Yeah, points are a premium over there right. for sure, and they're really top heavy. So um you know, definitely didn't help help things for him, but Tyler Medaglia too? What what happened to him? Canadian. Tyler hurt his foot. He jacked it first night. He, he didn't ride real well the first night because he, he actually landed on the day of the race oh, because yeah. of uh, delays, flight problems. Yeah. yeah, and then the second night he he jacked his foot up. So hoping he's all right. Um, yeah. Well, a good, I mean, you, you got to be pumped. Three eight, and uh, you know, like you said, it's short races. Tyler Bowers is there. It looks like he finished behind you each each main event, or, or right behind you, right ahead of you in the in that one main. 
So you got to be pretty pumped yeah. with, with how you rode. Yeah, I rode, honestly, I was pumped, man. I had the fastest practice time Friday right out, right out of the box. Like, I was scared I was going to be rusty, and I just came out and set the fastest time right away. So um, all these, so it was just like. All these years as a Supercross, Motocross pro, and just now you're discovering that maybe you were riding too much. <laughs> no, I definitely, I had arm pump really bad in the races from not riding, but. Right. Um, yeah, just, I had ridden a ton, like in September and October, so I think I was just kind of more, had a base, and it wasn't so bad once I got on the bike. It, I, I've raced over there so much that I think I just kind of knew what to do, and right. um, yeah, just kind of went with it but yeah once i did once i set those that time and realized that i was you know ready like that was then it was i kind of changed my expectations and it was like i needed to be kind of like how i always went like i'm I'm here to win now you know like i was just once i realized i was i was capable then it was on so we're gonna uh pretty cool we just gonna be testing you set your next deadline for a couple days before the next german race see see what you care about the most see how that goes yeah yeah, yeah, Just exactly. Completely unrelated stuff that's completely unrelated yeah. to that world. Take his eye off the ball. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, how's our buddy Oscar doing? You see him? Everything's good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, yeah, I hang out with him. You know, right. the whole weekend whenever he's there. Right. So he's good. Your bike making sure. the power. Do you ever do that? Do you ever do that podcast with him? No, we need to. We need to. Uh, right. Did your bike make it the power? It uh, definitely make it a power. Um, it was a thirteen, which was the first time I'd ridden it. So. Mm-hmm. Just really just winging it. New bike, you know, just put suspension on it. I had no other parts. I had never even ridden a 13 and just went out and right. got after it. Well, uh, Wygant, you know, for years we had Billy Ursick at Racer X, and I always touted Billy Ursick or Lutz as maybe being one of the – either one of them could be the fastest magazine guy. But maybe now, clearly, we at Racer X have taken the lead with JT. Wow. So you have already signed Ping's death warrant. It's already done. Tags on the toe. Lutz was claiming he was better than Ping. Come on. I'm pretty sure I could be Ping right now. I'm pretty sure. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm not. Listen, I can't. And I'm clearly out of the out of the running. I'm four Manitoba titles were a long, long time ago. I'm just saying. Wow. Well, yeah, I have no doubt, JT, you could probably cover Ping. I mean, you're what, five years less into retirement? Barely in the exactly, retirement. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't think uh, – Billy was fast, no doubt, had a pro license while he was working for us. Full-on, full-time, not like, you know, bike tester guy. Like, we don't do any bike testing, any riding involved at work whatsoever. And he even qualified for a national once during that. But um, there was still a gap between Ping and Ursic. So Ping was always the gold standard. Okay. So, yeah, I uh, suppose, uh, suppose we stepped it up here. Yeah. Well, now we got Ping and Ping's JT. still around. Right. Ping, Ping's still working for us. Right. So we have Ping and JT. If we have a motocross the nations, we just need one more guy. We yeah. We're like Puerto Rico. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ping has a uh, Ping is out injured though, but unfortunately not from riding. From from what Weege? From what? From from. Uh, you know that's why I gotta carry the flag for Ping here because my respect level has just gone up huge. <laughs> Punching a dog. Punching a dog. You know, I always liked the guy, but <laughs> right. now this, I'm moving into either love or even lust. This takes him to a whole new level. Oh. Oh. Punching a dog. Bad day to talk about dogs. All right. That sounds like a multiple choice intro, like the, the silly ones they put on there that can't be it. Right. Ping uh, hurt his hand. broke his wrist by, A, riding a motorcycle, B, 
uh, punching a dog to <laughs> see a car accident. <laughs> um, all right, well, yeah, uh, when's the next round, JT? When's the next deal? Uh, I will leave two weeks from today. Okay. And how's everything at Fly Racing USA? How's that? Is this on company time? Good, man. Busy. Uh, busy. Jeez. Yeah, for sure. Real work. Just, uh, we need a photo of your office. Can we get a photo? You have an office? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, they're like doing an add-on to our building right now. Uh-huh. So until it's finished, like our whole group is in the, like this cubicle area. But uh-huh. yeah, they're that's in the works. So you see any uh, Andrew Short memorabilia around? You could steal from Moser. Uh, yeah, there's quite a bit. I mean, Shorty's uh, right. you know, like the icon guy for for fly racing. So all right. Um. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, I just got back from Bercy. Yeah, let's go to Bercy. What What do you guys want to know? It was fun. It was good. JT, uh, how many times did you race it? Two or three? Uh, I have raced Bercy four times. Four times. So you know, you yeah. know as well as I do. This is my fifth or sixth year in a row as a media guy. I went there as a mechanic, third overall in the Quay, beating beating a Chad Reed and Roncada. But um, yeah, I mean it's Bercy. It's uh, Will Hahn, first time ever in Europe on Sunday. Look like a zombie. I believe we negotiated that deal on the Pulp Mech show. What? What deal? Remember that? Will Hahn. Will's like, Will's like, man, I want to go to Europe. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. I mean, I'm sure you had a hand in that, but. No, I didn't know anything about it. I don't even remember that Pulp show episode. Oh, you don't? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but he, he was, he was asking like, cause we were talking about Europe with him. Right. He's like, man, get me over there. Let's do it. So I figured you helped him out, but. No, no, I didn't. Not. I'm pumped. You guys are just on talking terms on the Pulp show. Oh, Will, Will Bernie? Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. good now. No, we're good. We laughed about it a few times yeah. over the uh... Yeah. Yeah, you did have, I would say, the best group, I think, that you could possibly. And right? just to explain. Right? Yeah, to explain to, to people who haven't gone to the race, the cool part about that race isn't even the race. It's the whole atmosphere that they set up. You know, I've been there myself where everyone hangs out together. They know everybody's on the American time schedule. So, like, at midnight there, which is what time here, like 6 p.m.? They yeah. just have a big buffet dinner, and everybody goes in the same room, and everybody eats dinner together, which doesn't happen in any other race. So if you have a good group of guys like you did, man, that's got to be a fun couple of days. Yeah, and really think about it. Think, like you said, Brayton, Weimer, Will Hahn, Kyle Chisholm, Tomac. Really? Like, there was no – nobody got raped. Nobody was mainlining drugs. It was – No. Yeah. It was about – Did you bottle no, anyone? No, no. No drama, no, no dick moves by any of those guys ever. Like, no. You can't even think of one time any of those guys that ever been a jerk. No, and everybody broke down each other's pits. Everybody walked over. You know what I mean? Like, it was, yep. yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And mechanics, you know, all hanging out. I even put Will, Will Hahn's side number plates on. And, uh, <laughs> like old times, cut my, cut my hand really good with a razor blade. But, uh, um, yeah. Mathis, yeah. Do, you, do you remember the walk? The walk from McGrath over to Chad Reed's pit. Yes, yes, I do. The walk heard around the world. Yes, uh, and I believe MC jumped over the guardrail at the very end to get there. <laughs> like he, Whoa. it was like a like a, a territorial move. Like yeah, yeah, it was like a like a fan out. Show how big you were. He jumped the rail. Like here I come. Yes, and Brooks. But I just remember like I was out of breath watching. Like oh man, oh yeah, what's gonna happen? This, so anticlimactic. This too. Australian punk just took out MC. Yep. Um, this, who is this kid? He's yeah. never going to be anything. What's he thinking? Yeah, exactly. Jerk off. Um, <laughs> hey, was there a chance that Reed could have ridden for um, McGrath's team and that shattered the deal? 
No, I think he was already going to Troy. He was already signed to Yamaha Troy, yeah. 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 Oh, he's already signed to Troy. Um, yeah. It was a good race, though. Like, uh, uh, Ouija, your guy Justin Brayton looked good. Um, you know, he won Genoa the week before beating Tomac. He went 2-1. One, one. Tomac went 1-2. Yep. Um, but, and he looked good. He was faster than everybody else, than Chisholm, except for, I'm not kidding you, like Tomac and Weimer just did, did not matter where they started. 1-2, one, 1-2, two, one, two, one, two, like just a whole lot better than everybody else. There's no doubt um, that Weimer and Tomac had Brayton covered. I mean, Brayton passed Weimer late in the main event and probably had about f- three seconds on him, which you guys both know at Bercy in 42-second lap time. That's pretty big. Uh, and Weimer just put the hammer down, ate it up, passed him back. So, I mean, just those two guys were – they, they just dominated everything. Super Bowl, elimination races, heat races, main events. It was, it was Weimer and Tomek. You know what? Uh, I think what everyone really wants to take out of these races is uh, if you go in person, obviously there's memories that last a lifetime. But if you're not there, the one thing that people really want to know is what does this mean, you know, leading into the next year? And that's what you try to do with that race, yeah. Monster Cup, any other offseason races. But it's been pretty flip flop because, okay, over the summer, Tomac was obviously hauling ass and he was really fast in Supercross in the life title, wins the main at the Monster Cup, and Remember, he had a crash early in practice at the Monster Cup, and that kind of mm-hmm. set him back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, had that not happened and it didn't take him a couple races to get the cobweb shaken out, I mean, I think he was just as fast as anyone at Monster Cup. You know, right there, Dungey's level, maybe not Villapoto, but darn close. So if you're Weimer, who struggled big time at the Monster Cup, like, that's pretty good. But then it's also strange that Brayton and Tomac were pretty much equal up. You know, they raced each other pretty good in Genoa, and then then they're not quite in the same level here. So it's so hard, like you're trying to take things away. What do you think? Is, can you really take anything away from it, or are all those results too up and down these last couple of races with these guys? Did you ask JT or me? I'm asking you. You, you were there. You watched. Oh. Sorry, I was on, my, I was on Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think it. I mean, we'll ask. Can you take anything from it? Can you say, no, like, wow, no. it looked like Tomac is next no. big thing, world beater, can run with anybody. If he could just get on a 450, he'd be right there at no. Anaheim 1. No, because we but saw. Now you're like, oh, wait. Yeah, we saw. Weimer's right there with him. We saw it at Monster Energy Cup. That's good enough. Bercy isn't a full size track. Everything's pretty easy. Right. Uh, I don't think there's. And I don't think Weimer can be like, yeah, hey, I'm heading into A1 with momentum. You know, um, I don't think it means anything in the grand scheme of things besides, like, you know, the guys all look good. You know, there's nothing yeah. – like nobody looked horrible. I think that's the biggest thing. If you can just maintain your speed and look all right, you, everybody kind of knows that you're moving forward and you're looking good. If you're um, uh, off the pace, I guess that's where you begin to worry, but nobody was. Everybody kind of slotted in. You know, Chisholm was – the gap between Chisholm and Brayton wasn't as big as the gap between Brayton and Tomek and Weimer. And then there was quite a bit of gap between Chisholm and Will Hahn. You know, like everybody slotted in where they would be if you dropped the gate at A1, I feel. Well, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, if you're Brayton, and I know you asked him this after the race, and you were wondering if he was going to be mad about how the weekend went, but he was happy with it. Yeah. But I would have to think if you're Brayton, you would at least think that you're at Weimer's level or maybe better. than That's a realistic goal, I would say. If you're Weimer, you want to be able to beat Brayton in Anaheim 1, and if you're Brayton, you want to be able to beat Weimer. Wouldn't that that be a fairly realistic? Well, yeah, and it was strange because last weekend in, in Italy on a bigger track, Right, JT? Genoa's bigger. Looks like it anyways. Then Bercy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yep. Uh, uh, um, 
Weimer in the first race went from like tenth to second, I guess. Yeah, either fell in the first turn or something. And then the second Brayton, race, you mean? Yeah, Brayton. Why did I say Weimer? Brayton. Uh, yeah, he Brayton. started dead last. Yeah, so second, he yeah. comes to, comes to second. Second race, I guess he runs away with it against Eli Tomac on the same machine. You know, seven days earlier, and truthfully, at Bercy he had nothing for him, and I didn't want to insinu- I didn't want him to punch me in the face. But you know, that's kind of what I was getting at with my question. But yeah. he, he was okay with it, which I thought was a little weird because, hey, Justin, seven days ago, you were faster than Eli or just as fast. And here you are seven days later, and you had nothing for him. But he was okay with it because he's Brayton. <laughs> I, I guess, although a lot of times you have to wonder, and here's where we can go to the still not quite an X racer Is that 100% Brayton's really cool with it, or is that just how you prevent that from really – Messing with your head, you just tell yourself, "Ah, it's not a big deal." Like, what, what, do, you, do you think that's genuine, or JT in a race like that where you sometimes tell yourself, ah, "I got there, that's good. I'm not going to panic because you don't want to be balled up about it." You know what? My honest opinion on it, and that's going to relate to why his attitude is like that. These races, as far as a predictor for how the season's going to go, mean zero. Zero, like nothing. One percent, nothing at all. Two percent, nothing. Nothing. Nope. Wow. Nope. Because wow. you, can, you can go back, and Mathis, if you really think about it, if you go back to the years of mid-'90s, even the 2000s, Larry Ward, Robbie Raynard, Steve Lampson, those guys would clean up in Europe. They would kill everyone. They, won every, they would win every race over there. They would win the World Supercross Championship. They would win all these races. And then what would happen when Supercross started again? They would get smoked. Same thing every year. Oh, Lampson's, Lampson's on fire, and... In right. Japan and all these races, he's going to win. He's going to do that. Nope, going to get smoked again. Bradshaw, Larry Ward, same Bradshaw thing. winning the '96 yep. Osaka race on a Honda. Yep, it's the same thing year in and year out. The same guys. You can't. I don't feel you can transfer that in any way. The dirt is totally different. The atmosphere is different. Guys are jet lagged. Some guys are on their full. You know, back then they didn't have their full bikes over there. Yeah. Um, well, that's you know they're on stock yeah. bikes with production equipment and all this stuff, and guys are drunk the night before. There, there's so much stuff that goes on like that that is completely different than U.S. Supercross. And everywhere the tracks are different. I mean, everything about it is different. So to make a direct correlation or to get worked up about how you're doing over there, right? I mean, it, it's just way off for me because honestly, those racists for me, yes, it's a little bit about sorting your bike out. You can get some good testing in. But it is 100% to me it's a money grab for everyone involved. And getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. That, uh, that's part of it. It's like a bit, you know, it's a money grab and a vacation, really. Right. Yeah, except yeah. for the group that you were with this year at Bercy. I know. Yep. It's that time again. Time for a commercial. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Listen to these commercials from BTOsports.com. Use the code Steve and JT Racing. Thank you, JT Racing, for coming on board. Listen to these commercials, support the sponsors, and yeah, then we'll get back to the show. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. 
JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. No, there was no... There was none of that. Any drunkenness at all with that group? The closest we came to being edgy was we were in this Italian place afterwards. Great pizza, by the way. Brayton bought me my pizza. But anyways, yeah, we were in this Italian place. All of us were at a table, and there was this like suave dude in the booth next to us with a hot chick. I mean, this guy looked like I mean, he just you know I'm married and stuff, but this guy was hot, you know. Anyways, uh, Tortelli. Tortelli? It wasn't Tortelli, but oh god. Oh. Um. So, anyways. Uh, the owner of the place comes up to Jake and goes, uh, Jake, uh, that guy in the booth over there, he, he comes all the way here to see you. Uh, uh, he is my uncle, and uh, he thinks you're a fantastic racer. He is number one porn star in the world. <laughs> and Jake, <laughs> Jake, goes, Jake goes, porn star. And the guy goes, yes, number one. <laughs> like the, like, I didn't even know they had rankings. Well, that's what, what Weimer's like. Is there a Forbes 100? Or, did I miss something? <laughs> did I miss something? The guy was just number one. Yes, is there like a coach's poll? I don't know. I don't know. Number one. And, I mean, you you know, and this guy, again, he had a hot chick with him. She had a big rhyme, diamond on her finger. And, and this guy looked tanned and, you know, uh, he kind of looked like a hairless cat in a little bit with just hair on his head. But anyways, uh, uh, yeah, number one. And so the guy came up and shook Jake's hand and said, oh, very good. Uh, you know, you're a terrific racer. And that's about as edgy as we got at Bercy. Oh, I would have had so many questions for that guy. <laughs> right, I know. Number one, we're just wondering, like, how do you rank this? What is it? Yeah. Like, you know? That's yeah. awesome. Right. Did you, end up at a, uh, did you end up at a gay bar while you were over there? No, no. See, and that's how, I, like I said, I've been to Bercy so many times, JT, so have you. There's always a party bus taking people out. There was no talk of party buses. What? Nobody went on a party bus. Nobody seemed to care about a party bus. Me and Weimer, no, me and Brayton and his mechanic, after the delicious pizza, Brayton said, let's go for a walk. We walked over to a crepe stand. We had a delicious crepe. We had a coffee, and then went back to the hotel. Weimer Weimer and Wilbur went to the Eiffel Tower. And, like, there was just no, there was no forest. There was no gay clubs. Oh, that's a good thing, though. No, I know. But it was weird. Like, and just nobody, it was just, we needed, like, Langston, and we needed, we needed <laughs> Chad and Langston and, and you know, Burner and those type of, we needed those guys to go to those kind ah. of places. DV. So, uh. It's so Miranda. So we couldn't carry the flag all by himself. He couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be a one-man gang. No. I didn't see as much as Sorballs. He did yeah. on the Super Bowl. He cut the track both nights. There are two nights that he was in it. He jumped from one jump over the tough blocks into the other lane, and but but it cut a whole section off or a whole corner off, and he still never had the fastest time because of it. 
<laughs> yeah, I was always like thinking to myself, geez, Sorby, if you're going to do that, you should probably, you know, they DQ'd him. They took his time up, but he was only, it only got him to like third or fourth. Did Eric Bernard tell, tell him he should retire? <laughs> no, he didn't. Maybe, JT. Okay. I wasn't there for that speech. He did give you that speech okay. one year. He did. Would yeah, you, would you like did. to talk about that, or do you, feel, do you still feel anger about that? I, yeah, my temperature is rising as we're. <laughs> He didn't say you should. That ice. He didn't say you should retire. He said, it was it was very well uh, directed at me. No, no, you're overreacting. It was towards Boniface. I'm not overreacting. I'm not. I mean, I didn't even say anything about it. But it's funny to talk about. He was. We, he was just telling JT that some guys got to know when it's time. You know, and it's 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 time to you know hang it up, and you just don't have it anymore. And, and you're saying it was in general, but JT feels like it was actually it, it was about Boniface, who kind of came out of retirement oh. to race, and he really hurt himself after the finish line. He you know, jacked up oh. his face and stuff. But JT was struggling with the whoops pretty bad. They were really big, coming right out of the tunnel. And uh, our little guy JT there was struggling with them. I don't feel like it was intentional towards JT. JT does, and it's a source of debate among us. Hmm. But um, what else? What else do you guys want to know about Bercy? Anything else? Uh, well, JT actually answered the question, the 0% answer. Yeah, zero. Exactly what everyone wants to know. It, <laughs> that almost defeats the whole purpose of talking about the race. Right, zero. That's what people <laughs> really want to know. If you didn't go, you just want to know, well, what does this mean well, let me, for next year? Let me ask you this. I had some great talks with uh, Eli and uh, John and is it Kathy? Kathy, right? Yeah. Kathy Tomac. Um, great people. John's gnarly, by the way. Um, oh, he is gnarly. He's gnarly. Actually, him and I had a great talk about performance-enhancing drugs and Lance and all that because, you know, uh, we, I probably shouldn't really talk about what we were saying because I don't know if I can ask him to do that. But anyways, um, great, inter- interesting, great perspective, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, back to Eli. Let's, let me ask your guys' opinion. So he wants to go 450s. Uh, Weege, I don't know if he told you that at Monster Cup. He told me that. Um, he said it in a couple interviews. He wants to yeah, go 450 on the other coast and 450 outdoors. And next year, no doubt, his contract's up at the end of this year. Next year, he wants to go 450 again, probably on a Honda. And to me, I'm in the same spot with Eli. And again, I just is just bench racing, and he can do whatever the F he wants. I'm in the same spot with Eli as I was with Dean. And we'll get to Dean in a second, but just stay in 250s. I mean, yeah, he thinks he's too big for it, but he led the – the second most laps in the class. He won the second most overalls. If you take away Elsinore, which is terrible for him, he was you know, within 10 points of the title. Like, There's no way he should feel like, I'm too heavy, I can't win. I mean, he just fe- they just won out of that 250 class. They just feel Eli's too big. Uh, what say you, JT? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, if you're, if you're that unhappy and you're really worn out, Whatever. I mean, he, he obviously rides the 450 really well, and I don't think that he has a ton a ton left to learn. Like, he, he's definitely prepared to move up. So I think it's more at that, at that point you have to look at what is best Honda-wise, what is best sponsor-wise, you know what I mean, and, and then make a smart decision because the rest of the, the components are there. He's capable. He's prepared. He can have a good bike and situation if they make that move but um, yeah I don't know it's not always up to you in that spot you know I, I know Honda has a place for him and that's in the lights class they want they want titles out of him 
So, but I think yeah, I think uh, the Tomacs feel like uh, you know their contracts up and they hold the hammer a little bit. Like, hey, like let us do this, you know, or, or whatever. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's all, you know, it's not like he's going to hold out or anything like that. But um, I just feel like why, why bother move up? Like Dean and Eli, like stay down as long as you can. Carmichael said it too. He wishes he would have stayed another year. Uh, you know, it happens a year. I think McGrath even said too, like, and maybe McGrath wasn't, didn't say it. But, I mean, why? You only have so many chances. You're, chances are you're not going to drop down and race the class again. So why not try to get that title? I really agree yeah. with you. If, yeah. if the size and everything is not an issue, if if you feel like if your body type and everything is is, key, is you're still competitive, I I agree with that. I think you should stay as long as you know. What I mean, not not to the angry Brock Sellers level of thing, but <laughs> wow, already starting that with, ex, with that extra other. year is invaluable. Already, I, I agree with that. Already starting with his with your other editors at Racer X. I'm angry. His ears are just ringing and on fire at the same time. They're ringing fire. I actually like to think the the worst culprit is uh, could be Martin Davalos or Nathan Ramsey. One of those two. Like it's, Ramsey, the there you go. You, there you go with Davalos. Well, I'm just saying, like, get out of the class. Get out. Ramsey. And go where? Where? Where is Davalos going to go? Please tell, riddle me that. I don't know. Exactly. Um. Exactly. Not his agent, bro. I keep, yeah, I, I keep. You I, want him out of there so bad, but I find keep, it, okay, pay him. I keep Hold reading. Next, I keep, factory bike. I keep reading and hearing about how fast he is. It shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be an issue. He's super well, fast. So the most successful team manager in the sport just hired him. So maybe he knows something you don't. <sighs> Anyways, okay. So what do you think, Wygant? Yeah, uh, we're only talking about outdoors here when you think about it, where he said he came, almost got the title, et cetera, et cetera. But <clears throat> the real brass ring in this sport is Supercross. And if you think about it, he's raced two years of Supercross. You know, he had three years outdoors because he started outdoors as a pro, didn't race Supercross that year. Mm-hmm. So he's really raced how many Supercross races? Basically half a season tw- yeah, twice, right? So 16. basically 16, 17 races right. total. That's not a lot. It's really not a lot. Now, there was no doubt he was absolutely killing it last year when he was on it. Uh, before he got hurt at San Diego, like in practice at San Diego, it was just a Tomac show. Like he was on a completely different level than even Wilson in that class. He was on the gas. Yeah. But still, that's not a lot of time. That's not a lot of races. You're basically saying two years off of his debut, well, first Supercross race in his career. I get He's already, yeah, I've done everything I need to do. I think and there, I've learned everything I need to do. I'm ready to go after you're missing, you're missing Lopoto the mark. and James Stewart and whatnot. You're missing the mark a little bit, Weech, because there's no doubt he's riding 250 West Series this year. He's going to have three years of, and maybe I didn't phrase the question right, he's going to have three years of 250 Supercross under his belt. Do you let him yeah, ride? Yeah, but a, I think we're talking, aren't we, aren't we talking about the general, of course he's going to ride and defend yeah. his number one plate, just like Barsha did last year. After right. Barsha did well in outdoors on a 450, they said, get, what's he going to do now? Well, he's got a number one plate, he's going to run it. But I think, we're, aren't we here talking about the general attitude of, why does he want out of the class? Like, I feel like if we're up to Eli, he'd throw that number one plate in the trash and go racing on a 450. That's what he wants I to think do. so, yes. I think you're right. If it was all yes. to him, so, he, he, yeah, F that plate. Yes. Right. So, okay, he's going to ride 250 West. 250, that's what it's called now. Um, thank but, God for that, and thank Jesus. Thank Jesus for that. There is a Jesus because he made the rule change. I firmly believe him. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no. So, 
Um, I just don't. I don't know, man. Would you know. okay? If you're if you're no. if you're the boss of Honda, why well, again? Do you let him ride 450 nope. on the other coast nope. and 450 Geico Honda outdoors? Uh, 450 other coast. I think you can consider that. It's only the injury risk, and that's just the, the thing you always have to worry about. That's no different with him and anyone else. Yeah. But I would keep him on a 250 otherwise. But I'm saying I don't know. I don't know about the. I'm done. I just really want to be out of that class so bad. You will have plenty of time. And if you look at the track record, like, Tomac's got all the tools. There's no doubt about it. But, man, the success rate in that class is not good for dudes that have everything on their side. A lot of them haven't succeeded. You know, you can think of Damon Huffman. Like, there might not have been a more successful, dominant, has everything to make it happen guy, and he just couldn't make it happen at that level. It's just not a guarantee. Yeah. And, man... When you're in a situation where the race wins and, Brian, and titles Brian, are going to come a lot easier in that class, Brian Swink. I'd soak up every one of them. Brian Swink. There was Brian Swink or, or Tedesco, you know what I mean? Like, man, yeah. it just couldn't happen in that class. And, and it's easy with all the skills that Tomac has to think, well, I'm going to be winning on a 450, so I might as well get it started. Yeah. But it's just not a guarantee <laughs> no matter who you are. That's not a knock on yeah. him. It's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. And it's just the part where we pull out Fro's stat about – no one, no national winner has ever won a 250 Supercross title, except for Jeremy McGrath, 20 times. What? <laughs> Fro, remember, remember Fro, Fro said uh, near the end of the year, I don't know where he, we were laughing because we were wondering where he pulled it out of. Oh, yeah, he no, reversed his stats horribly. No, no Supercross, there's never been a Supercross title winner who has not won a national championship in, in the 125 class. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of mixed himself up there pretty bad <laughs> on that one. Meanwhile, there's been like yeah. a few of them. Chad Reed, Mayor McGrath. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, the stat that he likes to carry out, and this doesn't actually apply to um, to Tomac, but Emig is the last um, Supercross champion to have not won a Supercross Lights title. You know, it, you pretty much have to. But Tomac's already got one of those. Yeah, yeah. That so doesn't really yeah. apply. I just think an extra year would be good for him. Now, it's going to be strange how Honda treats this because I would say it's in Honda and especially the Geico team's best efforts. The Geico team is there to win 250 titles. So for them to lose their best talent and push them into a 450 outdoors when, can't be good for that team. When they have Trey Kennard, Justin Barsha, Chad Reed, and, right. and I, think that's, I think I'm missing something. That's it. But, well, even yeah. that's Honda, but if you're Geico, you – Geico, you know, in, in some ways these teams are racing against each other. I mean, it's not just one big happy Honda family. They're somewhat right. inter-rivals, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're Geico, you short. really have nothing to gain. And you're short, yeah. Yeah. And you're short. If you're Geico, you have nothing to gain by, by letting them move up. But what? I do see how – I talk about the Brinks truck is going to be pulling up. Like every team, every brand, every person is going to want Tomek on their team for 2014. So maybe they're all just going to be as nice to him as they possibly can. Do everything they can to grease the skids, keep the Tomax on their side. Um, you know, I heard from some people, you know, when Honda really was at a, they had some t- trouble testing that new bike, as you guys have all heard, like getting enough parts to keep all these guys happy. And they're putting Tomac right in that mix for Monster Cup and whatnot. You know, he gets the same testing time as everyone, and I've heard people say, hey, well, why Tomac? He's not even racing 450 Supercross. But I think they're doing everything they can to make sure the Tomacs are very happy. Yeah, I mean, he was there on a full factory Honda. It was Barsha's bike. You know, Barsha backed yeah. out of Genoa. But, uh, 
I think the plan. Yeah, but at Monster was, Cup, they were both on. Like, yeah, Tomac did not have second-rate equipment. Right. The plan was all along for Tomac to have that works bike at at Mercy. So right. So see, what and, I'm saying like they are. And even Honda had rolling gone. out the red carpet. Red carpet. That it makes me wonder if they're just going to give him what he wants. And uh, they had Gothic J there, Honda mechanic, not Tomac's mechanic from Geico. So wow. You know. So of course, of course we never saw the writing never, on the wall. We never saw Gothic much. He disappeared into the catacombs of Paris, but you know, is <laughs> is Gothic. Yeah, we didn't we didn't see him too much. Um, JT Dean Wilson, what do we know? Uh, I hear today, uh, Wednesday today, uh, Pro Circuit going back to Pro Circuit. What, what, did, you, did you know anything? Do you have you heard much? I really hadn't heard a lot. I, I had heard that originally, uh, and I thought that's what would happen. Just from the people I'd heard it from. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of quieted down for a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, that, that, if I had to put money on it, that's where I would have, you know, yeah. that made the most it, sense it did, to me. It did make the most sense. How, how far along do you think he got with Chad's team or did he get there at all? I don't think there was a lot of traction there, to be honest right. with you. Right. Um, sort of and you read the message boards and it's like, oh, it's a perfect fit. Oh, it makes all the sense. Of course it's going to happen. And I was just, I even posted on there. I'm just like, eh, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. So. Um, You're still that overriding issue. Like I was saying, the, the parts for the new Honda. Like, that is a massive... Like, it's not as easy for me to just add a guy and give him the equipment he needs and the support he needs, as yeah. people might think. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it's... Well, yeah. It, it, also that, and then you have, like, if he would have signed, tried to sign Dean, he has to reopen every contract he has. He has to, they have to rebudget everything. All these deals that were done were for one guy... You know what I mean? So all the sponsors, he's going to have to go revisit all of those deals and say, hey, we need more money. We have to redraw up all the contracts. You know what I mean? There's a lot to it. Like, all these companies, have, they may not have that budget anymore. You know, Honda may not have budget for Dean Wilson. Yeah, so. that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's not that easy. Like, works parts and works bikes and everything works have been ordered. Everything's ordered. Yep. Done. They, you and know. you're talking to, you're talking to probably a million dollars and, you know, between salary and budgeting and parts and, you know, Funding and mechanics, and you know that's a, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to come up with. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I mean, a, a return to Pro Circuit just makes sense for everybody. Monster, uh, Dean, Mitch, Dirt Shark, it all comes in together. Yeah, it's just too easy. That, that's where I just felt like it would work. The bike was there. Tickle had already been developing it all year. You know what I mean? There were so many parts that all worked together. Kawasaki had already budgeted all these parts for Dean that are still viable now and, and all hey, that stuff. And hey, like um like Tomac, Dean doesn't have a two fifty supercross title. Like I I mean that in Tomac doesn't have the the MX title. Like there's still something to do. There's still another check in that resume, you know, for for Dean. So uh nothing wrong with that. Going back and winning that thing and recover you know, be definitely being really, really close to winning it if he doesn't win it. And uh why not? Well, the other thing that was working in his favor is uh, they got a couple guys hurt, Baggett and Durham, um, again. So that makes things a little dicey. They they would probably both be okay for to and start Hill, in the East. Hill's hurt too. Justin Hill's hurt. Justin Hill's hurt again. Yeah, uh, has right. a wrist or arm or something. Yeah, so you roll that all together, and uh, like I don't think, from what I hear, Mitch wasn't exactly pumped. Like he just wanted to keep Dean in the first place and didn't want him to go to the 450s. Just wanted to keep him for one more year, and right. he just said, "No, I'm moving up." And Mitch wasn't exactly pumped on that. But when three of your riders get injured in the course of what about ten days, mm-hmm. these guys all got hurt. Um, that can mend those fences pretty quick. What's the prognosis on Durham? 
I, he says he's going to be back real soon, but yeah, he says it's not as bad. <laughs> we actually tried to talk to a couple trainers. Say, what is the difference between a severed and a ruptured Achilles tendon? And they explained it with the term I use, gobbledygook. I could not understand what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> like they explained why, like how you would injure. Like, this type of impact would cause a rupture, and this one would cause a sever. Yep. We're like, okay, well, which one is worse, or how long does it take to recover? And they couldn't really explain the difference there. <laughs> it sounds a lot like your writing school, uh, your writing um, columns. Like, <laughs> same kind of deal. Just It's just a mess. It's just just, just all over the place. James, well, James I didn't want to say that it's because these motocross trainers are not doctors, and they probably really don't know the answer. James doesn't use a clutch. He's terrible. You know, yeah. things things like that. Look at this look at this guy bottoming out and looking like a squid, meanwhile he won or whatever. Like, you know. This doesn't ever doesn't evil ever work out, these these guys. So um, no. nope. um I'm not sure how Tomac won all those motos at the end of the year because remember Baggett was the only one that rode the Rhino way. Yes. And then Tomac's riding style was absolutely atrociously awful as far as Rhino put it. Yeah. So I guess he changed all that in like five days. Yeah, must have read the article. <laughs> he started unlocking those hips. Those guys. I mean, are those going? Are those columns? Yeah, organic that week. Are, are those columns going to keep going? Please tell me they are, because I need I need my laughs every week. Actually, actually, I think we're going to move um, that slot over to our buddy JT and just let him do whatever he, he wants to do with it. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you want to talk riding technique, that's fine. Maybe he can talk have, gossip. That's fine. He can have a photo of himself and critique himself. Well, wow, this is perfect form right here. If you want just ridiculous articles, I can cover that. (laughs) Just for comedy purposes, okay. (laughs) Um, All right, anything else? What what, what else? JT, you got a hockey game to go to. I do. I do. I'm a a blossoming hockey fan. The Idaho Steelheads, bro. It's them. I I couldn't believe that was actually the name of a hockey team. I couldn't believe anything was called a Steelhead. (laughs) I think think there's number one porn star in the world. Yeah, number one. Uh, <laughs> um, Idaho Steelhead. That's, that's his. That's his name. That's his porn name. <laughs> hey, you haven't seen um, your new coworker uh, Scott Wallenberg out there on the rinks, have you? I have. I have. Uh, I, I actually saw him at Endurocross. Oh, he was playing in his band. <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you being serious? Yeah, I'm being serious. Scott and the Steelheads. <laughs> um, no, he really does have a band. They uh, they play around town quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he sent me YouTube. He sent me a YouTube clip of of somehow he he's buddies with uh, God, who's the guy that's the motocross fan? He's but he used to be married to Julie Roberts. That's what everybody does. Lyle Lovett. Yep. So he's buddies with Lyle Lovett. So he sent me this YouTube clip of him and Lyle like jamming together. But it was like. <laughs> Like Lyle Lovett showing some interest and Wallaberg showing too much interest. Like, let's play this one. Let's play this one. Uh, okay, okay, let's try this song. Remember this song? Let's do that. And him just kind of nodding his head, like, okay, guy. <laughs> like, like maybe you karaokeing Weege Aha next to the lead singer from Aha. Yeah, yeah, he's right. just not quite into it. Yeah, he's it'd be just... like, it's like if I. Went to a Bobcats game downtown here in Charlotte, and I saw Jordan, and I wanted to, like, play hoops with him. Right. He probably wouldn't be as into it as I am. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Weege karaoke? Have you ever seen Weege karaoke, JT? 
Uh, I have not. I've seen him commentate wrestling, which I was appalled, and it still haunts my dreams. <laughs> well, the man can commentate wrestling. He can he can be sexy boy, and he can karaoke with the best of them. Uh, you've never seen a man more into doing Take On Me than we. Yeah. Uh, a little too much. My team manager claims that is the best song of all time, actually. Who's that? From in Germany? Carsten. Oh, oh, in, no, oh, Carsten. Oh, yeah. really? Yep. Wow. It probably is big best in song Germany, of all time. Incidentally, also. Are they German? Where are they from? I don't know. Swedish? You know who's big uh-huh. in Germany? The Hoff. Still? Oh. Still? Oh, yeah, dude. He's oh, hey, legendary. Speaking of Germany, guess who was in Bercy? Speaking of Germany, guess who was in France? Besides Mike, besides Mike Genova, who was there for a hot tub convention, I swear to you. Not. He was there. I cannot believe that. Yes, not. He, he was there. I saw him. He was in the pits. Um, was he smoking a cigar? No, he wasn't. He was, he was actually being carried around in a hot tub on wheels. Was he tanning? He looked like he'd been tanning. Yep, absolutely. Somehow in France in November, he was tanned. Uh, uh, Jerome Hemery. He does some, yeah. He does some stuff oh, yeah. for Bud Racing. Now, so yeah, that's the guy I, I worked for. Was on my team, Weege, in Germany in '98 when I was making the power at the German oh. Supercross series. <laughs> Is that the one? Did you talk about that with uh, Trampus Parker? Is that the guy you're talking yeah. about on that podcast? Yeah, and then yeah. I, said, I told Trampus the guy's name, and then Trampus said, "I bet you didn't get paid without <laughs> without any prompting, without anything, yeah. any <laughs> prompting at all." JT Parker goes, "I bet you didn't get paid." From Thomas Knipe? Yes. Yes, he knew the guy. I saw Thomas Knipe this weekend. Really? Still, I see him every time I yeah, go over there. Yeah, he's a, he's a staple in the German Supercross community. Wow. Wow. <laughs> can you give him the big uh, – can you get one of those big foam fingers and give it to him? Like, from me? <laughs> Just put it on the middle I asked finger? him if he has any coffee I can pay for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I showed him. We showed him about that coffee. We used to have to pay for coffee in the workshop, Weege, and he would. His office was down the hall. Coffee machine was out there, and there was a little tin with, uh, you know, and and if he heard the coffee machine going, because it was one of those espresso machines, if he heard it going without hearing the ting of a Deutschmark hitting the bottom of the cup, he would come out and yell at us, right? And we're like, dude, it's just coffee. Like we're just, you're working us like twenty hours. We just need some coffee. So he made. I don't know the guy. But I got a lot of respect for him. I can tell you that. <laughs> we came up with a foolproof, foolproof, proof plan. We put some Dorschmarks on some gum and a string, and we would drop it in there, and hit the, hit the bottom of the can, pull it out, push the coffee, and away we went. Suck it, knipe. Um All right, uh, number one, porn star in the world. Uh, gotta go. Thanks for doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. We covered Bercy. We covered Germany. We covered Wilson, Tomac. Covered it all, I think. Porn. 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 And Scott, porn ranking. And Scott Wallenberg's band. <laughs> uh, what else is there? No, that's about it. Um, good luck with Idaho Steelhead tonight, JT. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm going to go see if I can get in a fight. All right. Thanks, guys. See you guys. All right. See you. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.